The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hi, friends. Welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah Shulton Kranz, a survivor, thriver, adventurer, and believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from hand-picked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. My friends, welcome to another episode of Live Boldly with Sarah Schulten Kranz. Today I have on Jean Ketchum, founder and CEO of Aging But Dangerous. Grab your journals and definitely take some notes because this is one wise, beautiful woman. Before we dive into that, I would like to share that we are launching something new this week. It is Seven Steps to Forgiveness Bracelet in collaboration with My Saint, My Hero. I love this company. The beautiful bracelets are being strung in Uganda. Proceeds go back to the women and children, to education in Uganda. And I just, I could not be more thrilled about doing, creating this beautiful bracelet with this incredible company that I believe so deeply in. If you have not heard about it, please go check out mysaintmyhero.com. You can go and follow them on Instagram. You can also um, go into my Instagram, Sarah Schulting Kranz, and follow along there. There's a lot of information in it, and um, we would love to get this beautiful bracelet into your hands. It is seven steps to forgiveness, and it does work beautifully. It, it coincides with the book that I wrote for all of you. So let's talk about Jean Ketchum. Years ago, she made the conscious decision to live a life of fun, spirit, and style, and she's never looked back. Jean Ketchum is 81 years old. She is a former small business owner, top performing regional sales rep, and talk show host. She's also a proud parent, an avid skydiver, and a cancer survivor. To put it mildly, Jean is up to any challenge. After retiring, Jean discovered that 55 plus women were not living up to their true potential. Their social circles were shrinking and their lifestyles were becoming less stimulating, less adventurous. That's when Jean became committed to making a difference. Jean began organizing meetings where women could connect and share experiences, insights, and strategies to help them enrich their lives. She brought in speakers on a wide variety of subjects to empower women to take control of the aging process. She also produced special events like 55 plus fashion shows, skydiving outings, and an infamous colonoscopy party. Okay, I love that one. Before long, Aging But Dangerous was attracting national attention. Jean was asked to appear on talk shows and in major publications like Time Magazine. You know, I am a big believer in 
living the adventurous life regardless of whatever age that you are living in right now at this moment. And so I loved this conversation with Jean. Again, go grab your journal, curl up and listen to this outside if you can, and definitely take notes. I hope you enjoy listening and learning as much as I did having this conversation with this beautiful, beautiful, wise woman. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Live Boldly podcast. I have on this podcast um, a woman who is sitting in front of me. I'm so honored and stoked, can I say that, to have you on, um, Jean Ketchum, because here's why. Like we and we just kind of a little bit went into this, and I and I want to further this conversation. What does anyone age look like? Are you kidding me? I mean, people look at me sometimes and they're, they, I get numbers all over the board. You're young thirties, you're late fifties. I mean, literally like I get it all over the board myself. Um, but I really want to dive into that as well, Jean, because you are prominent. Like this is your goal. This is your thing about aging gracefully and dangerously. Danger, is that the word? Is that, can I say that? Aging, but dangerous. Aging, yes, aging, but dang, yes. And so um, I want, I really want to dive into this, who you are, this platform that you have created for people, for women, and also, um, you know, just diving into that conversation of, of simple aging. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. Um, I always love talking about this. But so- I, I have always... I don't know. My whole life, I have always been a very positive, um, upbeat, good attitude person. And I think I got it from my dad. My dad lived to be 105 and he was so healthy and he skydived with me when he was 91. And um, so he just, you know, I kind of grew up with that. You know, however, my mother, bless her heart, she was just the opposite, very negative, but I always was very, very positive. And only until, and I've always worked with women and different ones of my businesses that I've had. And when I got into my fifties, I started noticing my friends and I've always had younger friends. So, well, you know what? I take that back. It's more like when I was closer to 60 and they were just really, and back then you have to understand that was 12 years ago. So it's, it's definitely changed since then. It's starting to change. Uh, but back then they were really going into the closet kind of, they were so traumatized mm-hmm. about aging. They were so traumatized about going into their fifties or, you know, 60. And it's like, what, you know, what are you talking about? This is, you know, this is like, I, it just blew me away. And so my really good friend, Suzanne and I, she was eight years younger and I was 69, she was 62. And so she, we decided that we were going to, she was noticing it too with her friends. And so we decided that we were going to start this. She came up with the name Aging with Dangerous and, um, you know, just talking to women about pushing the pushing the envelope a little, you know, you don't, I mean, our whole big thing is that we have every year we have a martini jump skydive. I'm a skydiver and I've been doing it since I was 60. And uh, I figure if my dad did it at 91, I can do it at a hundred or whatever. Yeah. But, um, and she wouldn't jump out of a plane, but anyway, so we, you know, everybody always says, well, do we have to jump out of a plane if we become a part of aging with dangerous? Like, no, no, no. 
But, you know, it's just kind of like pushing that envelope a little bit. Get up off that couch and go do something a little bit dangerous. The word dangerous always kind of puzzles some people. But, you know, it's not, it's just little things. But, you know, do something to keep yourself going. I just never have thought about the aging process that much. I mean, I have to admit now at 81, I just kind of like, yikes, how did that happen? But... I'm having such a good time and I'm having such a good life. And I'm just like so many things on my bucket list that I still want to do. And anyway, we started this and we just had great response. <clears throat> and we had, you know, we, we had our, our martini jump skydive the first time we did it, Sarah, 107 women jumping out of an airplane all day long from the age of 50 to 80. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> amazing. I know. And then we had a big fashion show with over 500 people. And the name of the show was Dispelling the Myths of Fashion because I was so upset because they would tell you, you know, okay, once you turn, and of course I'm like, you know, 70. So I'm like, but, you know, once you turn 50 and older, you have to wear pink lipstick or you have to wear your skirts a certain length or you have to do this, you, you know, all those rules. And I'm like, what? the hell you know that is ridiculous so we had this big fashion show over 500 people and my favorite story is this woman who was kind of like our mascot patty she was at the time 80 and she we had these models i got them right off the street and i said i don't care if you're tall short ugly you know pretty you know thin fat whatever I want you to walk down that runway and I want you to have such attitude. I mean, just, and I had somebody work with them and kind of train them. But anyways, well, here comes Patty. Patty is a um, professional um, ball, ball, ballroom dancer, not professional. She uh, competes. She's a competitive ballroom dancer. Didn't start doing that, Sarah, until she turned 70. And so she, she walks down the runway and she has, and of course she worked out the trainer and everything. She looked fabulous, 80. And she had all these tight jeans, this cute little t-shirt and this jacket. And my 43 year old daughter is sitting next to me. And she said, mother, I cannot believe that I want that outfit that an 80 year old woman is wearing. <laughs> and I'm like, see, I mean, that's what it's all about. Doesn't matter. Age does not matter. Age does not matter. And then we had a big colonoscopy party, and that was just a really <laughs> neat thing. And uh, and we saved a life. This woman, um, her mother died of colon cancer, oh and gosh. she would not go to the doctor. And so we just you know had this big party. We rented a hotel downtown Minneapolis, and you know put up all the drinks, and you know, and they stayed at the hotel. And then we had a limo come the next morning and, and we went with them to their appointments in the limo and she had cancer's polyps. And wow. so without us, I don't think she would have gotten, you know, checked. So we really believe in education, you know, just really, I really believe in educating women as they're aging on what's going on. I have a lot of things, you know, when you age, you get older, you have certain things that happen to your body that you just kind of have to deal with. And, um, and I really believe in this whole, you know, education of, you know, telling women kind of what to expect sometimes. Yeah. Our motto is fun, spirit, and style, <clears throat> you know, our mission. And really believe in having a lot of fun 
in your spirit, you know, and having the right attitude and being positive and style to me is being very authentic, you know, being yourself. You know, if you if you love wearing jeans and a, a sweatshirt, then so be it. That's your style. You know, you're being authentic. You're being true to yourself. And uh, I I'm such a believer in that. So <clears throat> I that's how that. it happened. I love it. I love it. Let me ask you something. Uh, you know, one of the things that I work with when I'm with, because I, I have clients, one-on-one clients, and I also have, I lead retreats in the Grand Canyon, as you know, um, healing retreats. How much healing have you had to done in your, did, have you had to do in your lifetime? I mean, I'm mean, really curious about this. You're 81. You would never know it, by the way. Like Thank you. looking at you and your spirit and your joy, you guys, like, I know nobody can see Jean, but I'm sitting in, I'm sitting here on Zoom with you doing this over video and you radiate light, period, point blank. And so how much healing have you had to do in your lifetime, um, both physically and also emotionally, mentally to get to the space? Or have you always just simply just been at this positive mm -hmm. limelight space? Well, I, 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 I get asked that a lot, and I, I really try to uh, at, answer that honestly. I, I have always been very positive, but I have had a lot of things to deal with in my life. I've had about five really close calls with death um, and a lot of operations, but I just, I don't know, I just don't think about it really somebody asked me once that knew me real real well and she said you know how do you you know how do you think your life has been and I said well I think it's been great and she started laughing and she said you know what if it, it, you know if, if somebody else except you I would ask that question to this been through you what you've been through they would say my life's been terrible but I I think we all go through so much Sarah in our life and I you know I'm a I'm a great meditator. I love to meditate. And I I just don't dwell on, I had cancer. And I remember I was in the doctor's office, um, and a different doctor, so he had to fill out this thing. And it said, if you had cancer, and I looked at that question, and I thought, did I really have cancer? Because <laughs> I didn't have to have chemo, but, you know, I had cancer, and it was kind of scary. But um, I thought, I don't know. I just don't dwell on those but yeah I mean my life certainly hasn't been my life has been easy and been good but I've certainly had uh things happen to me yeah. uh you know bad some bad things yeah well and I bring that up because it's interesting you know looking at you and people question me about that too they and I've had that happen where people have said really like but you look so happy well, we can all have really difficult things happen to us in our life and also come out the other side happier than they, we, than we were than prior to going through them. I think that requires some of the jumping out of the airplane and facing what's in front of you and saying, I'm not going to let this take me down. Do you know, <clears throat> you are so right. And I always hate to take a lot of credit for jumping out of an airplane because I'm not afraid of heights. I always said, if LSD would have been popular in college and I would have been on it, I would have jumped off of a building thinking I could fly. <laughs> I've always loved heights. And so, but the women that absolutely I admire so much, and I would say, and we've had a lot of women skydive with us over the years. I would say probably 99% of them are scared to death of heights. 
and they still do it. Now, that to me is just incredible. In fact, every time I say that to someone, I kind of get chills because to me, jumping out of the airplane was not a big deal. Um, and these women, you know, once you have you ever skydived? So I have. That's funny. That came up yesterday. I have not done it yet. But I've done a lot of other things where I'm where I'm okay. standing on the edge. Yeah. Like, okay, here we go. But I've never yeah. gone skydiving. Yeah. I will. Well, once you, yeah, when you jump out of that, well, yeah, with a lot of things you've done, you probably feel the same way. But these yeah. women that have never done anything like this before, and they jump out of an airplane at 13,000 feet, and they walk off that drop zone. And I'm telling you, they feel like they can conquer the world. And that's what was so exciting to see. And I, if we had time, I could give you all kinds of examples, which I would not go into now. But I just, you saw their confidence building. You saw their, well, you know, even with the fashion show, these women, they all had stories. And for them to walk down that runway and have that attitude and that sassiness and and all that going on, I can't tell you what it did for their confidence. Because we had 500 people in the audience clapping and cheering, and you know, it was like a rock concert. Right. So women just, you know, I mean, for you to do anything, whether it's minor or major, but it just, it makes you, it gives you so much confidence in life and what you can conquer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it truly, I think it, it also aspires us as, as to do exactly that Own your, own your damn story, like own it, yeah, own it. It's exactly. your story to own Yeah, every day that gets you to where you are in this moment. So own it. It's good. Um, so thinking about back to you as a child, and I want to bring this up because I'm thinking my, in my own, uh, healing journey in my own, where I've been at in my life, I've always had little uh, moments for myself as a child that's brought me back to where I am today. So I had this moment when I was 10 years old and I was standing under a streetlight and I talk about it in my book and I was watching the snowflakes fall. And that was this whole uh, revelation or realization moment for me that then I, I mean, I'm 47 years old and I write about it in my book. Did you have any of those that you also, um, as an 80 or one year old woman, where you look back on and you think, oh, I can connect that to this. I can connect moments from my childhood to this. Do you know, that's hard to answer. I, I, one memory that I just kind of thought about the other day that, like I say, I kind of forget these things that happened to me. Um, when I was uh, 16, I had three um, tumors in my breast and my grandmother lived with us and she had just had breast cancer which I didn't know because didn't, we didn't talk about it, you know, back then. And my mother and my grandmother walked around the house all the time crying. They set up the appointment for an operation for me to have these tumors removed, crying and crying. And I'm like, why are they crying? I mean, this is like crazy. I'm going in for this operation. Well, it was a terrible operation. It was very painful. And I, I remember that so much. Um, but it, so it started, and when I was nine years old, I had an um, um, emergency appendectomy. So, I mean, kind of started early on these things, but yeah, I mean, there's things definitely in my, in my life that's happened that um, makes me, you know, I know has made me much stronger and much, um, you know, more resilient. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of that stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. I I do that a lot with people is we we you know where we look back on the moments from our childhood because you know those moments have created who we are today and so we can we can do this crossover, right? Of like 
where is the connection between, which is huge. It's a big thing. And, and it's a part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So in the work that you do today, tell us a little bit about that. Um, You've talked about jumping out of airplanes and, and, but how do you inspire uh, others and more so than anything, how do you continue to inspire yourself? Well, as you know, COVID has, you know, we were starting chapters and everything, uh, before COVID hit, uh, and we do have a world uh, following, worldwide following. You know, I just heard from somebody this this morning from uh, Bangkok, mm. and you know, we've got them in Brazil and London, and you know, all over. So it is a worldwide uh, movement. Uh, but so we were starting getting ready to, you know, start. Um, had already started some chapters here in the Twin Cities and getting ready in some other areas. And then bringing in speakers, speakers that we'll talk about, you know, we, we've always done a lot, had a lot of speakers uh, to speak to women about, um, you know, sex, about, uh, you know, incontinence, you know, just, you know, all kinds of different subjects that, you know, like I say, that whole education uh, part. So um, we were just, you know, getting ready to really hit it strong. And, uh, and then this hit. So we're now doing everything like all the rest of you and everybody else, you know, doing it online, trying to get people together. We're trying to get them together, of course, by Zoom and by, you know, we have a very active, and I mean active, Facebook page, 130,000 followers and really reacting with each other. They just talk back and forth like all the time, you know, it's like the engagement is like huge. And, and then I do these live videos on Monday morning, coffee with Jean at 10 and Friday afternoons, cocktails with Jean and I drink, I'm a martini drinker. So <laughs> hence the, you know, skydive, martini jump skydive. Um, and so I, and I can't believe the response I get and they just start, it's amazing to me. I just did one this morning and there's just, the response was just, you know, so incredible. Um, but, you know, so we're just trying, you know, all different things like everyone else. And of course, when this lifts, and of course, we're going to go back to, you know, like, you know, chapter meetings and, you know, all kinds of different things, you know, back to our skydive, you know, do another big fashion show, do, you know, get in, go into other cities and do things. We have all kinds of um, ideas, you know, that we're going to do. And, and we are growing very rapidly. So, you know, women want that. They want that. Um, they want it talk to each other. They want to meet each other. They want to, you know, just be together so badly. It's just yeah. even hard. I think Sarah, I think it's even hard to do online. Oh, I do too. It's I like you too. and I are sitting here looking at each other, but I'd much rather be there in your office and, you uh-huh. know, giving you a hug and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. but, um, so we, yeah, we have a lot of plans and, and right now it's the, you know, the website, the, uh, signing up for our newsletter where we're going to be telling, you know, giving a lot of updates. And then we have a lot of speakers on our, we have a private group that a lot of speakers come to and speak. So how do you keep inspiring yourself? I just by doing things, I do, I do things. I, I love makeup. I love, um, 
I have done all kinds of tutorial data. I mean, I love watching. It's so interesting because I have, a, I went out and got a mirror that magnifies 10 times, you know, the whatever. And everybody goes, oh, my God, no, no. And I'm like, no, you know, I love this mirror. I can see all the little wrinkles and I can get, you know, and I think with makeup, it's just so interesting how you have to work with those wrinkles and you have to, you know, put eyeshadow on differently. You know, it's like all of it, a sudden, you know, I'm getting wrinkles. I get wrinkles underneath my eyebrow and I'm like, oh, what the hell is this all about? They're perpendicular. They're not horizontal. They're perpendicular. Now, why would you get a perpendicular rank? And there's three of them. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I look at that magnifying mirror and I'm like, okay, I have to put the, the eyeshadow on down to fill up those little wrinkles and not across because it goes over the wrinkles. <laughs> and I don't, I think it's a very, I mean, I kind of laugh at myself all the time. And then, you know, I, I love, you know, I love messing with my hair. I love, you know, putting on clothes. And of course I have it different because I do have aging, but dangerous and I do do these videos. And so I really have fun with them. And uh, except I did say the other day to my husband, I said, you know, I'm getting tired of hearing myself talk. I'm just like, you know, talk, 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 talk. And uh, my daughter always said to me, mother, you give advice whether anybody asks for it or not. And I said, I know I have to. And then they can take it or leave it. I don't care, but I got I to gotta put it out there. It's my two cents worth. But I just, I have, I just make sure, and I have a lot of friends. I make sure that I call my friends. I love having, um, you know, a little appointment book that I always tell people, even if, if you don't have anything going on in your life, just, you know, put something in there. Like I'm going to read for two hours on Thursday, or I'm going to call Suzanne, you know, on Friday at 10 o'clock or just something and kind of make sure you feel like something's going on in your life, but I just work at, um, it just feeling, and I am very healthy. So I'm so grateful for that. Somebody said to me this morning, Jean, if somebody's not in good health, it's really hard to have that positive attitude. And I said, you know what? I couldn't agree more. I, you are absolutely right. You know, I mean, if you're not well and you can't get around, then that would be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds to me though, that you create the life that you love today, yeah. which is huge. Yeah. And, and the one thing, Sarah, about getting older, one of the yes. good things, many good things is that you look back on your life and you can see all those things that happened to you that at the time you thought, oh my gosh, this is not good. You know, this is upsetting. This is not going to work. And you look back on that episode and you go, aha, that's why that happened, you know, because this yeah. is what happened afterwards. So I love the whole, I love the whole aging thing. I mean, I'm, have, you know, it's like, Okay, let me tell you the Patty, Patty that I told you about. When I turned 70, that kind of was a big one for me. I don't know. It just was kind of startling. 80 was not big for me. That was like I had so much fun at 80. Well, I had fun at 72. But anyway, I went out with Patty. She was 10 years older. And I said, Patty, did it upset you when you turned 70? And we're at this coffee shop. And she looked over at me and she put her hand over my hand. And she said, oh, honey, I had more fun in my 70s than I had in my whole life. And I thought, you know, that is so, because that's when she became a dancer. That's when her kids were grown. Her, she'd had five kids. Her husband was a surgeon. She stayed home and raised the kids. And when she turned 69, 70, she signed up for these dancing lessons and became this competitive ballroom dancer at the age of 70. So it's never too late. Mm -hmm. You know, we can do, and there's all kinds of things I want to do. And 
I, there's, it's just never too late to do whatever you want to do. And you have to just keep searching, you know, searching for your soul and what you like and what you want and, you know, and do it for yourself and no one else. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question. How many children do you have? One. You have a one child, a daughter, you said? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and how do you, okay. I, I'm, can we talk relationships for a second here? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Um, how do you, and you're married to your husband, mm -hmm. um, how do you develop this relationship with somebody else? Uh, you, where I'm going with this is this, I know that everything starts with self, right? Like you freaking love yourself. Yeah. You freaking love yourself. How has that impacted? And you've embraced who you are in every way. How has that impacted the relationships that you have with other people, be it with your husband, be it with your daughter. You have how many grandkids? Two. Two in your grandkids. How has it impacted that? Well, um, <laughs> I know this is a deep question. Sorry. Well, no, but I, I just, you know, it's, um, they like it. I mean, they like it. They like me being the way I am. My husband, I would never be married if he didn't have the, disposition that he has because he's you know i can do anything and he's 100 percent behind me um i always hate that when somebody you know when a woman says my husband let me do mm -hmm. whatever you know so mm -hmm. let you oh come on um uh, but no i mean they're you know my daughter i raised her very independently and very strong she's such a strong young woman at the age of 53 and i love that oh my gosh it's you know Back to my, I always tell her, even if you were not my daughter, I would want to know you because I, you know, I like you so much and you're just the type of person that I want, would want to know. Um, but yeah, my husband is just, I mean, in 58 years, he's incredible and he just lets me be who I am. And I, you know, that is so important. And I mean, that's another whole subject I could go off on for an hour is relationships and marriages or, you know, because it's, you just have to let each other be their own person. Um, and it, I'm just me, you know, I mean, I don't do anything for anyone else. You know, I don't, I, I don't, it's not, I don't dress for anyone else. I don't wear my hair for anyone. I mean, I do it for me and I don't, I don't think that's selfish. I just do things the way I want to do them and everybody let, you know, it's okay. Well, and that's actually why Did I answer that. Did I answer no, that? No, a thousand percent. And that's actually why I wanted to get into this because, you know, my listeners, I've got people from all over the place who, within their relationships, they're trying to decide, do I stay or do I go? I'm too old to do this, which I've heard many times, which I mean, it just, it, and that does bug me because you're never too old to put yourself first. And that's well, actually, cool. that's actually why I wanted to bring this up because you are not a selfish human being. You're a selfless human being by working on yourself and doing the things that you love and embracing life and living it the way that you choose. And when I'm talking about impacting relationships, you clearly have good relationships with those people around you. Yeah. And you have good relationships with those people around you because you have an even better or a deeper understanding of self and a really good relationship with yourself. And so that's why I'm bringing this up. I mean, I love it. I love this conversation because it's important. Yeah. And that is exactly, 
uh, oh my gosh, we could talk about this for so long, but we, you know, that is exactly true. I mean, this, you know, this demographic, this 50 and over demographic is one of the strongest uh, demographics for getting women getting divorces. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend now at the age of um, 75, just got a divorce. She's very unhappy. And now she's so happy. And there wasn't very much money there. Now, one of the hardest things, I think, is because there's no money you know, there. And they have to kind of stick with the guy, maybe. But I, there's all kinds of ways, I think. And I just, oh, I just absolutely get so sad when I see women stay in marriages or relationships that they're not happy in because it's just so not worth it. Yeah. Oh, it's just yeah. so not worth it. I just, I hate that. Um, but you know, I'm not there and I'm not in those shoes. So it's hard to, I don't want to judge, but you right. do have to like yourself. You have to love yourself. And I always say to my daughter, I always say to my friends, you know, you've got to take care of yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're not going to help, you know, you're the one that has to take care of yourself. You're the one, uh, I, I want to tell you a quick story. I had, I had a clothing store in St. Louis, Missouri. And, um, and the woman that I worked with, you know, she was my next door neighbor. She was like 25 years older than I was. And, oh, she was like my best friend. I had more fun with her than I ever did my own friends. She was so much fun. So I'm working in the store and I ended up buying the store from her. That's how I got in, the bit, got in there. But anyway, so one day it was like snowing or raining or something. And, you know, we always serve champagne. Everybody got a glass of champagne when they came in there. So she and I were having a glass of champagne in the back and business was just slow and awful and it was boring. And I looked at her and I said, do you ever, you know, are you ever sorry you started this or, you know, that you're doing this? And, you know, does, do you, are you ever sorry that you did it? And she looked at me straight in the eye and she said, listen, honey, let me tell you something. When the day comes that I don't like my life, that's the day I change it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I have lived by that. I raised my daughter like that. When my daughter was going through stuff in high school days, I said, Michelle, it is up to you to change your life if you don't like the way it's going. I can't do it for you. Your dad can't do it. Nobody can do it but you. You've got. And so I, I just, you know, I go back to that so many times because you know, people will sit around and they'll complain about it or they'll do, you know, and that's what always bothers me is women sit around and complain about something when they can just actually try to do something about it, you know, and, and just try, even if you can't get it accomplished, but at least try. And um, you just, you know, you just got to make your own life. Nobody else is going to make your life for you. Nobody else is going to, you know, do the, hard work that you have to do inside yourself to get, you know, to where you want to go. And, and, it, and a lot of times, like I say, people think it's selfish or whatever, but I've always known that I've always known that I have to take care of myself because if I don't, I couldn't have raised my child and I couldn't have been, you know, had a good relationship with my husband, but couldn't have been a good friend to my friends. I had to take care of myself so I could do all that. Yeah. Thank you. I just interviewed, um, Dr. Barb Steffens on my podcast before you, and we were having the conversation about choice. And um, for her, the conversation was around relational betrayal trauma and different traumas that we live through and how choice is something that so many women, especially as they age, feel like they don't have. I know. And it's devastating. I know. I I was 
40, which I know for some people, it's like, oh, that's so young. But still, I was 40 when my life went, you know, when I had to make some serious um, decisions and choices. And I'm 47 now. And and it's the, I think that the most important thing that I've learned in my lifetime has been that when you make one difficult choice, it makes the ne- next difficult choice not as hard to make. Right. So we need to at least make some choice now in order to get us to that choice of whatever it is, some big decision that we might have to make in order to live the life that is by our own choosing and not somebody else's, regardless of age. Yeah, regardless. And you always have choice. You always have, you can always choose, you know, what you want. And it's, um, you know, it does go back to that, you know, really loving yourself or even I always say liking yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, uh, I, I always said to my daughter, you know, I don't just love you. I really like you, you know, and I yeah. just really, really like him a lot. I always said, well, I hope we never get divorced because, you know, you're my best friend and I really like you. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and of course we never had any trouble. We were very compatible, but I just, you know, you have to, I, I, I do like to use the word like, you have to really like yourself. Yeah. I know that I have flaws and I have things that maybe you know, I should work on or maybe change. I don't know, but I just really like myself. I like, um, I like, I like myself. I like things about me that I do. And, you know, I'm very grateful. So I just said that to somebody yesterday. I was like, I really love me. Like I dig me, you know, I mean, like I wouldn't want to divorce me. And that's not from like a selfish or like a ego way. That's from a, I've done a lot of work on myself and I kind of dig who I am today. Yeah. You know? and yeah. And and I think that that's what women need. You know, they, they do need to keep working on themselves and they need to need to keep hearing that and they need to keep, you know, doing what they want to do. Like you say, at any age, at any age. Do you have any motto that you live by or any, um, any, so I'll give you an example. I sit here some days when I'm going through a difficult moment and I want to live to 100. Okay, fine. I'm going to live to 108. It's that for some reason that number has always popped into my head. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know, but it, that's always been the number. And I and I sit there in my difficult moments and I ask myself, what would my 108 year old self say about me right now and how I'm making this moment or how I'm living in this moment? If it's a difficult, you know, anything, or if I'm like, you know, bummed out or sad or whatever it is. And it always like, it flips a little bit. Like, does this really, does this really matter? Like you mentioned before of there's going to be so many moments in your life that you look back on and you say, why did I make such a big, you know, like, why did I make such a big deal of that? It doesn't. And why don't I just honor it? Because it got me to where I am. Do you have um, any motto or anything that you live by? Any question that you ask yourself? I don't think so, Sarah. I don't know. You're what it just amazing. <laughs> but but I'll tell you, I'll, t- I'll tell you, uh, when you said that, um, somebody asked me once, you know, is there anything that you regret in your life? And I thought, I was doing a TV interview, and I thought, boy, and, and it, well, I didn't really have to think very long. I said, yeah, there's one thing that I really, really regret, and that, that is spending so much time and energy on my weight. Mm. I weighed 110 pounds when I got, and I'm like five two. I weighed 110 when I got married, and I thought I was fat. And I 
spent so, and I used to tell my husband, I'm going to end up in a mental institution because I'm 10 pounds overweight. Now, I wasn't anorexic, nothing like that. I didn't have an eating problem, nothing. But um, but as the years went by, the slowly, you know, weight gain, uh, like they say, what, five pounds a year or something, I don't know. But uh, but I spent so much energy. And, and then, you know, and I know people, I know women can relate to this. Then you look back on your pictures and you think, Gosh, you know, I didn't look that bad at all. I'm not fat in that picture, you know, but I, I remember, you know, I'm from the era where we had the hot pants, you know, the go-go boots and the hot pants, you know, and I have a picture of me in that. And I'm like, gee, I look pretty good. But I just, I was never really fat, but I just felt, I felt it fat. And it wasn't a body image. It was more a feeling. So, yeah, I regret that. I, I just think, gosh, all that wasted energy and wasted time and talking about it. And, oh, my gosh, it just it's just so stupid. And now I've really made peace with that. And I'm, I'm very happy. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, really let it go. And, you know, I don't. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's a big one for me. That was a big one. Yeah, I don't know what I would, what I motto, uh, I, I really would live by. We've we've had several really good posts on our our uh, uh, on our uh, Facebook page, and one of them I really loved was sometimes you just have to make your own sunshine. Yeah, like I you know, that. have you heard that? I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love that. And because it's so true, you know, sometimes I just think, oh, I just can't, I can't get up for this or I can't, you know, but then I do. And I just think, you know, I think of all the positive things in my life and all this stuff. And I just, and then I am a people person. And the minute I get around people or get to talking to people, you know, like you or to anybody, then I get all excited and I get all, you know, <laughs> you know, are you giddy? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. Where do you want to, where, where would you like to see this organization, this amazing, you know, platform that you have, where would you like it to, see, where would you like to see it go in terms of helping women? Where would, what's your dream with us? Well, my dream is to, um, you know, have it worldwide. And these women that are from these other countries, they really want to connect with, I mean, well, everybody wants to connect with everyone, it seems like. Uh, and I would just like to see, you know, chapters all over and, you know, women, you know, I'd love to see us be able to have a big, um, you know, convention every year getting all kinds of women together my one my one dream and I know it's I I, I want to say it's probably far-fetched just because I am 81 but I would love to get in front of a in an auditorium of a thousand women and talk to them mm. and I, uh, I I I really I still want to be such a part of it for a long time women do seem to listen to me, even though I am older. Um, I just, I, I love helping. And you know, one of my favorite ages, Sarah, is the 40 year old, that 40 to 50 year old. I mean, I think- I love this age, by the way, my forties have kicked ass. Yeah. They I were know. hard. Mm -hmm. Those first probably four to five years. Oh, oh, but I I'll know, tell you coming out of that. Oh, 
So it's good. An exciting, it's an exciting age, that 40 to 50. And then, of course, it, I think it keeps getting better as you, you get over that. But I, that 40-year-old woman, I really enjoy uh, so much. And I think they're just right on the verge, especially now with all the, you know, women are taking, young women are taking better care of themselves. You know, they're eating better. They're exercising more. They have more vitamins that they know to take. In my generation, we didn't know as much. And so we, we didn't do as much. But um but now that younger woman has a lot of science that she can go by. But yeah, I mean, my my dream is to just have this just so big and being able to help so many women and being able to still be involved in it for a long time and, and be able to connect with young women. Because at the age of 81, everybody's younger. <laughs> yeah, you have, a, you have so much wisdom to share. Well, thank you. I, I do. I mean, I, I thank you. I, I do have a lot to share, just so much to share that it's just the tip of the iceberg, you know? Yeah. So if you're standing in front of this, these thousand people, these thousand women, what is your one message that you would deliver? Oh, my message would be, you know, just like what we've been talking about, you know, get out there and do something, you know, get out there and just, you know, you know, prove something to yourself, you know, prove, no matter how small it is. I mean, I would just, there's just so many things that I would say to them, you know, it's, you know, don't let this whole age thing, you know, don't be put in a box because of your age, you know, it's just this whole age thing It kind of drives me crazy because it's like, you know, you can be put in a box for, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, your, you know, your, your religion, your, you know, size, your hair, your whatever, but don't get in the box because of your age. It's just not worth it, you know? And I keep saying, you know, don't put me in a box because if you do, I better have a door on it because I'm not staying in there. You know, <laughs> I mean, I am, there's no way. And that's the whole thing. Like you and I were talking about at the age of 81, people put, put you in a box at an 80 year old. I mean, come on, you know, so it's, I just want to encourage women to just, you know, like be themselves and to do whatever they want to do, no matter how crazy it sounds or no matter if everybody in the whole world is against it and you want to do it, still do it. And I, you know, that's what I loved about my dad. You know, my dad was, you know, he'd come up here to, out, we lived out in Minnetonka and we had a boat out on the lake and daddy loved going out on that boat. So he'd come up, you know, he's like 89, something, I don't know. And he'd drive up here from Kansas and he'd want to go out on that boat so bad and listen to the weather forecast the night before. And the weatherman would say, okay, you know, I, you know, it's tomorrow, it's 80% chance of rain. It's going to rain all day. And I looked at daddy and I said, daddy, I don't think we'll be able to go out. It's going to rain 80% chance. And he looked at me and kind of winked and he said, well, let's concentrate on that 20%. And I'll be darned. Wake up the next morning, the sky was blue, the sun was shining, and we'd go out on the boat. And and that's the attitude he had. And it's kind of like, you know, you just, you know, you just got to do those things, you know, think that way, make things happen. Yeah. Don't wait around for someone else to do it. And if you don't like your life, change it. Feed the light. That's what I always say. Feed the light within you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I yes. Like that. Yes. This is, we're, we're going to end it on this, quite frankly, because that is um, brilliant. And I, it's, what's even more cool is that I love the fact that you're taking everything from your father and just moving it forward and you're giving into the world, not only like truly with, with his wisdom as well, which is huge. Yeah. Huge. It's amazing. 
And you know what, Sarah? He had a terrible. He he didn't he didn't eat vegetables. He didn't eat fruit. He didn't drink water. He lived on a high fat, a high sugar diet. Didn't eat a lot of protein. And he was healthy as anybody I've ever known. Never gained any weight. Nothing. So he must have had the genes to you know right. genetically something because. And and if he would have eaten healthy and done all the right things, he might have died at 90. I don't know. But he yeah. honestly, he did not do all the stuff you're supposed to be doing. And but he, he had a great did. mindset. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's that positive. Yeah, positive that, good, that yeah. positive mind. Yeah. So where can people find you? And uh, and I'm also going to put this in the show notes. Um, but I would love for you to give your social media, the Facebook page and all of that. Okay, well, it's the Aging with Dangerous Facebook, you know, Aging with Dangerous. And then go to our website, agingwithdangerous.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Mm -hmm. And then we have a, um, and we're developing a membership uh, group that's, we're still working on a lot of that. But, um, and then we have a private Facebook page uh, that we're developing that has a a couple thousand people on it. Uh, And that's, you just sign up for that, you know in the group thing. Um, and that's, you know, that's about it. Um, no matter, you know, just get in touch with us. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you and I appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you, Sarah. Friends. Thank you for listening to the live boldly podcast. I am grateful to have you here, and I would love to invite you over to sarahsholtoncrans.com to grab my free seven steps to a joy-filled life. I share these seven steps from my own heart, soul, and experience. These steps transformed my own life from victim to survivor. Also, please, let's all be a ripple effect of change in today's world. I ask of you to please share this podcast with others that may need to be inspired or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review, go to my Instagram or Facebook page, and let me know what you think. I love hearing from each and one of you. I love sharing your thoughts, messages, and inspiring words. Because we are not alone in this world, friends. Let's keep the ripple moving. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great remainder of your day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.